You've tried to find hope in the things of this life. You've tried to find hope in relationships, substance abuse. Maybe you've tried to gain hope from your achievements or from the things that you acquire in life. But the truth is the only remedy for the hopelessness that you feel deep down is to be filled with the Holy Ghost. This is episode 10 of the Born Again Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. I just want to say thank you to everybody that's reached out to me to see when I was going to drop a new episode. I appreciate you being patient with me uh, while I took some time off, but hopefully now we'll be back in the swing of things and producing some new episodes. But today I just wanted to play you a sermon that I preached recently called Hopeless. I pray it'll be a blessing to you, and I pray that you have a great rest of your week. If you enjoy this, share it on social media. Be sure to go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review and share it with a couple of your friends. Without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy the Word of God. May the Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Ezekiel 37. The Bible says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by them round about, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. In other words, God, if they can come back to life, it'll only be by your power. I don't see how it could happen myself, but I know that it can if you step in and get involved. Verse 11, Then the Lord said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They're the people of God. Behold, they say, our bones are dried and our hope is lost. Somebody say hopeless. That's what I want to talk to you about for just a few minutes today. Hopeless. The Holy Ghost is moving in this house today. And the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where God's Spirit is, there's the ability for your need to be met. If you've come into the house of God today sick or depressed or messed up in your mind or messed up in your spirit, if you've come today lonely, God's here to take care of you. God's here to answer your prayers. So why don't we lift our hands, and I want you to just say, God, I want you to speak to me, Lord. I want you to fill me with the Holy Ghost, God. I want you to heal me of my sickness. Come on, whatever the need is that you have in your life today, I want you to expose it to God. I want you to tell God exactly what you want to leave this service with today. 
Hallelujah, Lord. We present it to you, God, and we ask you to take care of it. We trust that you will, God, for you've always done it in the past, God. We know that you'll do it today. We pray that you would move in a mighty way, dear Lord. Dispatch the angels of heaven to come into this room. And by the authority of the name of Jesus and by the power of God's word, we cast aside every spirit that would hinder the moving of the Holy Ghost today. We cast aside every spirit that would keep us from being able to hear your word. God, we pray that you would operate in the capacity and the power that you want to operate today. God, move upon us in the precious holy name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We're reading the Old Testament that King David, a mighty man of war, he wanted to build a temple for the Lord. He wanted to build God a sanctuary. So he prays about it, and God tells him, No, I don't want you to build me a house. He said, You've been a man of war. I don't want you to build me a house. But he said, I will let your son Solomon build me a house. So towards the end of David's life, he began to put up materials and put up money and stock up everything he could for his son Solomon to take over the throne and to build God a house of worship. It was a glorious temple, and it was a beautiful sight. People of royalty, the Bible says the queen of Sheba came many miles just to come and look and see what all Solomon had built. The Bible tells us that it took seven years to build this temple, and it took 153,600 men to make it happen. 80,000 men it took to go and cut the rocks out of the mountains. 70,000 men it took to carry the supplies to be built. And there were 3,600 men just to be overseers. There was 34 tons of gold used. Countless cedar trees were cut down and used for the beams. And you could say that Israel was in their prime as a people. Everything was going the way that they wanted it to go. But through their blessings, they allowed themselves to be bound up by the affairs of this world. That through their rebellion and through their worshiping of idols, the Lord told them, I'm going to allow you to be overthrown by Babylon. They had turned their backs on God, turned their backs on His Word. They had turned their backs on the things they were taught as children and what they knew to do right. And so God said, for 70 years you'll be held captive in Babylon. Can you imagine one day, as you're going about a regular day, and all of a sudden you see these soldiers coming up. And that big, beautiful temple that's been built, that it took seven years and hundreds of thousands of men to, just to build it. All the gold and all the beautiful wood, all the beautiful stones that it took, and it was torn down in just a moment. Can you imagine as your family was torn apart? And the Bible says that somewhere between 14 and 18,000 people were taken away into Babylon. Imagine your world being turned completely upside down. As everything you've ever known is gone. All the money you've put up for the future, it's gone. All the hope that you have for tomorrow, it's gone. And your family is stripped apart. 
as they're sitting in Babylon, the prophet Ezekiel is watching all of this take place. And I can just imagine the spirit of that day was the spirit of hopelessness. How are we going to get through tomorrow? Will we ever get back to the glory that we once had? Will we ever see the day where we walk back into Jerusalem streets and rebuild our houses? Will we ever see the day that our family gets to come back together and have a reunion one more time? Will we ever see the Lord move in our lives again? And all they were sitting in was ashes. And all they had to do was just sit in their self-pity and mourn the days of old, having no hope for the future. And the Lord showed the prophet Ezekiel a vision. Chapter 37, we already read the first three verses. There was a valley of dry bones. The Bible says they were very dry. In other words, they had been dead for a long time. They had been laying there in the heat for a long time and decomposed. And God said, Ezekiel, these are my people. They have no life in them. Look around this valley and you'll see thousands of dead corpses, all the bones stacked upon each other. And they say, our hope is gone. And the Lord showed me this congregation today. And the spirit that has us under control is the spirit of hopelessness. The spirit that has the United States under hold is the spirit of hopelessness. You could walk in the grocery store and talk to 50 people right now and have them crying within just a few minutes because they feel hopeless. They want God, but they don't know how to come to God. They want something to happen in their life, but they don't see how it's ever going to be possible. But me and you have the answer. Me and you, the Bible says, we don't sorrow as them that have no hope. Because we have been born again. We've been washed in the name of Jesus. We've had the blood of Jesus applied to our lives. And we've been filled with the Holy Ghost. In verse number 5, Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones. He tells Ezekiel to prophesy unto the bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you. In other words, I'll lay tendons on you, and I'll bring up flesh, muscles, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. Verse 7 says, So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. It, it's no good for us to gather together if we don't have the breath in us. We can look fine on the outside, but really we're, we're still dead because we don't have the breath of God's Spirit living on the inside of us. What good is it if we all come together and the bones are made whole and the bones go back to the body that they came from and tendons connect and the muscles connect and the skin covers the flesh and everything looks fine? What good is it to go throughout life with a smile pretending that everything's okay on the outside? You got a nice house and you got nice clothes and you got nice vehicles, but deep inside you're hopeless. 
because you don't have the Holy Ghost and you don't know how you're going to make it another day. Verse 9. Verse 9 says, Then God said unto me, Prophesy to the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived. And they stood up on their feet, an exceeding great army. Let me just tell you this morning, God wants to turn this church into a great army. We've seen many people fall by the wayside. There's many people that should be on these pews this morning, but they're not here. And God has called us to prophesy. God has called us to tell them in the spirit, raise back up. Come back to what you used to be. Come back to your former glory. And God has called us this morning to prophesy to the wind. Prophesy to the Spirit. Fill them once again like they once had. Give them that love for you like they once had. Restore back the convictions that they've let go so many years ago. Why don't we just pray for just a second? God, we pray, Lord. Jesus, for those who have walked away, God. We pray for those who have backslidden, those that are living in this community still, but they're not filled with the Holy Ghost, God. We pray that you would move upon them. I pray right now for every lukewarm saint that sits on a pew, God, and they're hopeless on the inside, Lord, because it's been so long since they received the Holy Ghost. It's been so long since they prayed through. Oh, God said in the book of Isaiah that this is the refreshing. This is the rest for your soul. How long has it been since you've had rest? The only way to get that rest and that refreshing and that renewing is to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Jesus said it's like a well of living water flowing up on the inside of you. Why would you want to live without it? You hear so many people say, do I have to receive the Holy Ghost to be saved? Absolutely. The Bible says you do. But my question to you is, why would you not want it if it's available? Even if you didn't have to have it to be saved, why would you want to go through life without it? There's a spirit of heaviness. There's a spirit of hopelessness. There's a spirit of discontent in your heart today because you don't know how to make it through life. I'll tell you how. Get down on your knees and repent of your sins and ask God to fill you with the Holy Ghost. If you've had it before, but it's been years since you spoke in tongues, I'm encouraging you today to get it again today. Let it flow up from the innermost being. Let it come out of your mouth. We've been silent for too long. And I don't even like to talk about the pandemic and the COVID and all that, but all of that brought a spirit of hopelessness. It's the spirit of Antichrist that has come against the church. And the one thing it wants us to do is keep our mouth closed. We can come to church faithful. We can pay our tithes. We can witness to people at the store. But what good is that if we don't have the Holy Ghost? What good is that if we're not satisfied on the inside? What good is religion without relationship? What good is listening to preaching three times a week if I don't have the spirit that can convict me and reveal to me the scriptures? 
I remember before I got the Holy Ghost, I would try my best to read the Bible. And no matter how hard I tried, I could not understand it. The Bible says you can't understand it unless you have the Spirit on the inside. It's foolishness unto you if you don't have the Spirit. The enemy would love nothing more than for us to keep our mouths closed. But God is calling us today to prophesy. There's a dead situation in your life. God's calling you today to prophesy to it. Come back to life. Prophesy to your dead relationship with God. Come back to life. I'm going to get a prayer life. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to fast. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get a hold of God. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to get the Holy Ghost. Don't ever put it off till tomorrow. Because we're not promised tomorrow. I've said it before. I'll say it again. The healthiest person in this building could be the next one to pass away. And what will you do on that day if you have not received the Holy Ghost? Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 1. It says, And you hath he quickened. Talking about people that have received the Holy Ghost. The word quickened just means brought back to life. You were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, we were nothing but a hopeless valley of dry bones. But even when we were dead in our sins, he has quickened us. He has raised us up together with Christ. And by grace you are saved. And he has raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse number 12. At that time, before you had the Holy Ghost, at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. You weren't a part of the congregation. You weren't a part of the church or the people of God. You were strangers from the covenant of promise. What does that next sentence say? Having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, are made nigh, you're brought close by the blood of Christ. If you feel like you're so alone, if you feel like you have nowhere to turn, if you feel like no matter how hard you pray, your prayers just aren't getting through, let me tell you the answer today. You need to receive the Holy Ghost. The only, here's the word of God today. This is the only thing the Lord gave me to tell you. The only remedy for the spirit of hopelessness is to be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's the only remedy. Romans chapter 15 and verse 13 tells us that. It says, Now the God of hope, somebody say hope, fill you with all joy and peace. Wouldn't you love to leave this place this morning with joy in your soul? Wouldn't you love to go home today with peace that passes all understanding? That you may abound in hope. Somebody say hope. Through what? The power of the Holy Ghost. 
There's only one way to get hope. There's only one way to defeat that spirit that's come against you, and that is to receive the Holy Ghost. And if you're here today and you have not received it, I'm challenging you. I dare you to get it today. I dare you to get it today. Revelation 22 and 17. The Bible says the spirit and the bride say come. God is saying come. Come unto me. And even today the church is saying come unto me. Let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take, somebody say take, the water of life freely. Many of us today are frustrated because we can't pray through to the Holy Ghost. The only thing you have to do is have faith in God. Repent of your sins. And the Bible says, whosoever will. Get rid of that shame that says you can't get it. You're not good enough. God's not merciful enough to give it to you. He said, whosoever will, take it. When you come to this altar today, lay down your weights. Lay down your heavy burdens. Lay down your sins. And don't you beg God for the Holy Ghost. Ask for it one time and begin to praise God for it. And you take it. It's literally as simple as that. The only remedy for the spirit of hopelessness that has this country bound is for us to be filled with the Holy Ghost and power. It's not the spirit of fear, but it's the spirit of power and of love and of a strong mind. Psalm chapter 42, verse 1. David wrote this. He said, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. In other words, as the deer longs for streams of water, the deer is thirsty looking for something to drink. That's the way my soul is as I come to you, God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? When can I get into his presence? When can I reach the throne room of heaven? Verse 3 says, my tears have been my meat day and night. I've been hopeless. I can't see my way out of this sickness. I can't see my way out of this depression. I can't see my way out of this trial that I found myself in. It's nothing but hopelessness. My tears have been my meat day and night. While they continually say unto me, where is thy God? The adversary of your soul has come against you and said, where is this God of yours? If he's so powerful, why hasn't he healed you yet? If he's so powerful and so merciful, why haven't you received the Holy Ghost yet? And you've been tempted to not believe in God anymore. And you've been tempted to curse God and die. And you've been tempted to keep living your life without the Holy Ghost. Where is that God? Verse 4, when I remember these things, when I get to feeling this way, I pour out my soul in me. Because I remember what it was like at church. I think about the freedom that we had in the sanctuary 
of the Most High God. I think about the way it feels whenever somebody's preaching the Word of God. I think about the way it feels whenever somebody's preaching and it's coming straight towards me. I remember when my, in my time of hopelessness what it feels like to sing how great thou art and to feel those chains fall off my heart. I remember what it feels like as I stand before God's presence and all all of those things that have me bound fall off. I remember what it's like to feel my addictions as they fall by the wayside. When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God. With the voice of joy and praise. With a multitude that kept the holy day. When I'm hopeless, I remember what it's like in God's house with God's people on the Sabbath day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? Somebody say this with me. Hope thou in God. Why is my spirit so tormented? Why can't I get sleep at night? Why do I have nothing but doubt in my life? Why haven't I received the Holy Ghost yet? And all these questions keep tormenting your mind. And they keep you pressed down. They keep you depressed. And they keep you full of anxiety because you don't know what to do. You need to tell yourself today, have hope in God. Have hope in God. Have hope in God. John chapter number 4 and verse 13. Jesus is talking to the woman at the well when she comes to dip her water pot to get some water for her and her family. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water and this well, he's going to be thirsty again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. He was talking about the power of the Holy Ghost. If I get a glass of water when I've been weed-eating all day, that'll satisfy me. But tomorrow I'm going to be thirsty again. And some of us today have never been content in our walk with God. Why? Because you have not received the power of the Holy Ghost. And I believe with all of my heart that if you've come here hungry today... Jesus said, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. You're not going to have to leave here today empty. Why don't we all stand this morning? The Lord spoke to me in the prayer room and said, the reason we don't see the miracles that God wants us to give us is because we have not prepared an atmosphere of faith. All throughout the week, we, we complain and we bicker. and We say things like it's never going to happen. We're never going to have what God wants us to have. People have said, we'll never get this church back to the glory that it once had. We'll never have the prayer meetings that we used to have. We'll never have the power and the authority that we used to see. And the devil has said, there's no use in trying to keep making a push for revival. He says things like, you don't have time anyways. Because the Lord's coming back soon. And that's halfway true. He is coming back soon. But with everything that is in us, the most important thing we can do in this life 
is to seek after the Holy Ghost. Don't live another day without this water that flows in your innermost being. Don't live another day without being satisfied with the best that God has for you. There's so much more. There might be people here today, you believe in God, you trust in God, you read God's Word, and you love Him with all your heart. Maybe you're a great person, but there's more. That's all I can tell you today. There's so much more for you. And God wants to restore you. God wants to help you. The devil says that you'll never have what you used to have. But Jesus said in John 10 and 10, The thief, the adversary, the devil, cometh not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. He wants to steal what God's trying to give you. He wants to kill you before it's time for God to give you what you need. And he wants to destroy everything that you are. And then Jesus said this, But I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Would everybody come to the altar? Dear God, we thank you so much for all that you're doing today. I know deep down in my soul, God, that somebody here this morning needed to hear this word. Lord Jesus, they've come hungry for you. They've come thirsty, Jesus. If you're full of the Holy Ghost this morning already, if you've prayed through in the last couple of days, I want you to begin to prophesy right now. I want you to speak those things that are not as though they are. Though you might be looking at a valley full of dry bones, I want you to speak as though they're full of the Holy Ghost. Speak as though God is moving in their life. Right now, dear Jesus, we prophesy over these dry bones, God. We prophesy over this congregation. We prophesy over these dead things, uh, God, in our lives that we need to be restored. We prophesy to the wind right now. Oh, breath of God, come and fill us, Lord. Oh, breath of God, fill us with your spirit.